Welcome to Digging In with Missouri Farm Bureau. I'm Eric Boll, Director of Public Affairs, and I'm going to speak with Spencer Tuma this week about the latest developments with the Farm Bill, which is coming down to the wire. We only have a few more days left in the Congressional Legislative Calendar before it expires September 30th. And the same situation is in play with the Congressional Budget. They are working to get that done over the next few days as well. And uh, we're also going to give you a little bit of an update about the developments in trade with Canada and what's going on with Missouri's law on fake meat. So let's get started. Spencer Tim is our Director of National Legislative Programs, and we're just going to do a quick update on a few things this week uh, because we have some uh, deadlines approaching with the end of the fiscal year and the end of the Farm Bill uh, formal uh, period before it expires at the end of September. So, Spencer, thanks for joining us. and. Can you give us an update on what you've heard so far with the Farm Bill as we're coming down to the wire? So as many of you know, the Farm Bill Conference Committee, we talked about this last week, they did meet in their first official meeting of the Conference Committee to help you know, outline their priorities and start working out the differences between the House and Senate version of the Farm Bill. This week, those conversations have continued through meetings of what us, us in agricultural policy are right now calling the Big Four, which are the chairman and ranking members from the House and Senate Ag Committee. They've met multiple times this week to try and start working towards a solution uh, that would be reached in advance of the September 30th deadline. Now, the clock is ticking. Um, The House is actually home for an in-district work period next week, so there's really no potential of getting a farm bill voted on next week. However, if we're going to get a farm bill passed by the end of the month, I think we need to see bill text by next week in order to you know, get through all the procedural steps that would need to happen. Yeah, and I did see some mention by uh, Chairman Roberts, I believe, the uh, chairman of the Senate Ag Committee from Kansas, and he was saying um, he still feels like we have a little more time, and this is really true that although the Farm Bill does formally technically expire at the end of September, it is not unprecedented to let the, um, to not pass the new one until a little bit after that because Mm -hmm. the programs don't really just immediately hit a brick wall and stop it takes some time to kind of wind the wind them down and so he feels like we have maybe even a couple more months to try to get something done. Have you heard anything more on that? Yeah, I've, I've heard those same comments as well. Of course, the closer we get to the election and with everything, all the speculation surrounding that of, you know, which political party might have control of which chamber. I think the potential for passing a farm bill after the election, that that becomes a very interesting conversation as you think about, you know, the what some of the polling is showing in that regard. So, of course, our message has always been that we'd like to see it passed on time. I think there are a lot of members of Congress who want the farm bill passed by September 30th, uh, but you're right. As we get closer to the end of the month, it seems like an extension is becoming more of a reality every day. And one of the other issues they have to do between now and then is pass a congressional spending package Mm -hmm. or a a government spending package that will fund the government after September 30th because that's also the end of the fiscal year. Um, They've been working through some of those bills, and gosh, what did you say? There's only... Uh, three or four more legislative days, I think, yeah, after this week? not too many. So the Senate is actually in for part of next week, so there's a potential that there could be some movement there. Um, but like I said, the House is home next week for an in-district work period. So really, I think there are about three or four legislative days in the House and maybe about 
five or six in the Senate. So mm-hmm. we're, we're looking at a very condensed timeline. Yeah, there's only so many things you can do in that much time on the floor. Yeah, one thing that the House did pass this week that we probably should mention is um, the House did pass the Water Resources Development Act, mm-hmm. which was a very big piece of legislation. Missouri is, of course, very blessed um, to have a robust waterway system on both the Missouri and Mississippi rivers. Congressman Sam Graves and Senator Roy Blunt worked really hard to get a provision into the word bill as we call it, that would um, place some more accountability on the Army Corps of Engineers in developing habitat for endangered species along those rivers. That's good. And that is a, a thing that they've been working on for years, mm-hmm. um, maybe more than even a decade. They've been trying to get some more uh, restrictions on that to make it more reasonable and rational uh, rather than an um, environmentalist activist uh, position that seems like has been uh, in play in place for the past um, couple of decades. So yeah, that's and, positive. And our rivers are so important to trade, which is, I know, another thing that we probably want to touch on this mm-hmm. week. So what are you hearing? What's the latest? And uh, do we have any new news? Yeah, trade is, uh, it seems like it's always in flux and nothing ever seems to really happen that's really definitive. But yeah, we did have a little bit of movement with uh, the U.S. and Canada agreement, I guess, last week. And as you've talked about several times, the the dairy provisions in Canadian trade are, are really the biggest issues there, the holdups. And they the way that they classify milk in Canada has a, is a much different classification system than in the United States, where we have the four different classes of milk. They have uh, all the way up through class seven, and they just added that class. Was it maybe last year, a year before they added class fairly seven? Fairly recent, yeah. Yeah, and class seven is called ultra-filtered milk, and um, that is sold in the United States under the brand name of Fairlife, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's um, supposed to remove some of the things that are in traditional milk, I think maybe make it easier on people who are lactose, lactose intolerant to process it, um, maybe remove some of the proteins or something like that that can affect them. Um, and uh, that new classification system, when it went into play, really upset the American market because it took away uh, all of the American uh, markets in Canada that were buying um, the ultra-filtered milk from people in Wisconsin, producers mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, I believe, and just shut people down overnight. Literally, they had like three days to find a new person to purchase their milk wow. and all these cows um, producing, and they he can't tell a cow to stop making milk mm-hmm. in three days. Um, so it sounds like uh, the United States made a demand that um, Canada remove that classification and that's going to be a very contentious thing because Canada's definitely put a pretty firm wall up saying that they are not changing that program. Right. And I'll mention September 30th again. That kind of seems like it's a really big day. Of course, we have to fund the government. We'd like to get a farm bill done. And September 30th is actually the day that uh, the administration has said Canada must come to an agreement with the U.S. Uh, in order to move forward on the renegotiated NAFTA deal with Mexico as mm-hmm. well. So uh, a lot of things going on between now and the end of the month. Yeah, that's incredibly important. Um, the one last thing I wanted to touch on, it's been getting a ton of media, media attention uh, in Missouri, but as well in the rest of the United States. We've had calls from the New York Times and several other papers from across the, the country wanting to get information about the bill that is, has been commonly referred to as the fake meat legislation mm-hmm. that passed from through the uh, House and Senate last year in Missouri legislature and just went into effect at the end of August. That legislation just uh, made it a, a criminal act for someone to misrepresent meat, uh, misrepresent as meat, something that was not 
harvested from a um, a live production livestock mm-hmm. animal. Um, and th- what that really comes down to is trying to make sure that people aren't misleading consumers when they're trying to sell plant-based burger patties, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. or um, similar types of, of products, or the things that haven't really come on the market yet, but the cultured meat that uh, is grown in a laboratory, that that also would not be able to be sold under the name meat because it didn't come from an animal and doesn't fit the traditional definition that people are comfortable with and and know what it is. Um, have you heard any more about where this may go? And uh, on the federal level, there is some policy being discussed there too. Yeah, so this really has been a hot button issue. Of course, at the state level, I know you and BJ have talked at length about uh, what the state law did and didn't do, and and that did go into effect just a couple of weeks ago. At the federal level, you know, I do think this is going to be a regulatory issue that's up and coming. Um, the big question right now is, so is it meat? And who regulates it, if it is or isn't? It is. So the two agencies typically that are at odds with each other, and and especially so in this case, are the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Food and Drug Administration. So um, USDA typically regulates meat products. Um, However, we're still trying to answer that question, and and we're looking for input from our members as well on this topic. Um, it's, It's very fascinating. The technology is very interesting. Um, and I know we faced a similar situation with um, labeling of products as milk when they have not come from an animal. Um, FDA actually has taken steps to improve uh, and enforce the current labeling restrictions. So uh, plant-based beverages like, um, quote unquote, almond milk and that sort of thing are now no longer going to be able to be marketed as milk. Um, it would only be the traditional uh, definition of milk that we know. Um, so, th- so it's a very similar fight, but the the ins, ins and outs and inner workings are very different. Now, in some of the appropriations discussions, there has been talk that there will be a requirement for USDA, for example, to regulate lab-grown meat and plant-based meat products. Um, however, I'm not sure if we if that makes it into the final version of the appropriations package. We'll just have to see. Right, absolutely. And that's what's so interesting is that those, most of the uh, animal uh, agriculture groups, like, say, the, the cattlemen and um, the pork producers, have been they strongly favor USDA regulating any uh, products that are meat or meat-like. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is USDA's statutory authorization only allows uh, USDA to regulate meat. And, and to inspect meat, the FSIS um, is only allowed to inspect meat. So in order to get the regulator that they believe would be best, they would also then have to call it, uh, acknowledge that they believe it is meat, which they don't believe it is. So it's really kind of a catch-22, and um, it is interesting to see those negotiations playing out. Um, also, on the local level here, regarding the, the sta- state statute, um, there was a lawsuit filed in the Western District of Missouri Federal Court um, on the 27th of August by the uh, makers of Tofurky and um, also a couple of other groups, including the ACLU, uh, which I'm not entirely sure what uh, the definition of meat has to do with uh, the civil liberties of Americans, but hey, whatever. Okay. They joined the, the lawsuit um, trying to uh, get the, the legislation to be withheld or suspended and not actually be enforced. But right now that's kind of in flux because, uh, just in a holding pattern, because the State Department of Agriculture here in Missouri said that they're going to give companies until January 1st to comply with the new labeling mm-hmm. restrictions and, and laws and uh, allow them to submit potential uh, packaging 
uh, for review to see if it f fits the new requirements under state law. So mm -hmm. right now I don't believe that we're going to see that lawsuit um, really take any action until that time gets closer but it is definitely gaining a lot of attention around the country. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is an issue that we're definitely going to be watching the rest of this year and, and probably into next year as well. As you're well aware, the regulatory process takes quite a bit of time. It's it's not easy to put new regulations on the books, nor is it really easy to take them off, quite mm -hmm. frankly. Um, so I think this is something that um, is a big up-and-coming issue that we're going to be hearing a lot about. And we would encourage our members to weigh in with us. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what our policy development process yeah. uh, comes up with in this uh, arena because I've, I believe we just touched on a little bit last year, but we'll probably hear from a lot more people this mm -hmm. year given the, the way it's developed since last December. Yeah, I expect so. Absolutely. Thanks again for joining us, Spencer. I appreciate your, your time as always. All right. Sounds great. See you next week. Thanks. Thank you for joining us again this week. We'll look forward to talking to you next week and see if we can get a farm bill wrapped up in the next few days.